Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. And that's Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Good afternoon, everybody. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Labelled Podcast. That was Lucy. I'm Alice, if you hadn't worked that out already. <laughs> Luce, what have you been up to today? Um, tired general uh, life has been tidy in my bedroom because it was an absolute mess. So I've tidied my bedroom this morning to uh, try and get my, you know, like when you tidy your bedroom and it just clears your mind out. Just yeah. Calms your mind. Just done a bit of that today. So that's what I'd to say. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Uh, not a lot. I was working. The idea of having a mind clear out sounds nice. <laughs> uh, but I, we, cause, cause we're still, I mean, I say we recently moved. I think we've been here six months now, but uh, we haven't, done anything like really so we've got a lot of stuff that doesn't have places to live yet so uh, my version of tidying my bedroom is moving things and picking stuff up and going oh where, where can this live <laughs> I don't know I'll put it back down where I found it yeah yeah well, I say I've had a mind clear out I may not be able to find anything ever again so you know we'll, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll see how that goes um so doing a uh a episode this week with somebody that lucy's a big fan of guys yeah. we're really excited to introduce our guest for today uh it's jenny berry hello everyone lovely northern voice whereabouts are you at the moment jen um i'm at home which is hartlepool uh lots of people haven't really heard of it before it's in it's right on the northeast coast i'd like to describe it as like in between middlesbrough and newcastle yeah, which I think if you've if you've ever heard the Middlesbrough or the Newcastle accent, Hartlepool, that's very much a mix yeah. of the two, yeah, isn't it? It's squashed in between. We're not we're not full on Geordies, but she's, like, she's squashed in between Ant and Deck. Is basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I um I've followed Jenny online because Jenny is a uh, Jenny. How would you describe yourself? Because I follow you on Instagram and all over the place. I make you sound like an absolute stalker and I've got binoculars in my bag. Um, You're not the first one either, Jenny. <laughs> she's got uh, several guests we've had on. She's like, I follow you <laughs> online. Just online though. I'm not sitting outside your house, I, I promise. Oh, you'd be surprised. People do. Um, so you um, document your life as a disabled person. Um and I follow you online and I, every time I read any of Jenny's content that she publishes, I'm like, I want to be her friend. Can I be her friend? Um, in a non-weird way. Uh, I think that's all this podcast is, is Lucy's attempt to just make more friends. Yes, we're renaming it. Please be my friend. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and, and obviously when I was, um, 
when we started out this podcast, Jenny was like, oh, you're doing a podcast. I was like, do you want to come on? I was like, yes, please, please, please. please. And she said yes. I was like, yes. So uh, we've worked really hard to, to get our diaries in sync. Um, so, Jenny, do you want to tell us a bit about um, your online presence and how that works and why you decided to document your life on online? Because it's a very brave yeah. thing to do. Mm. Yeah, it's it's got its good parts and its bad parts, most definitely. Um, so I run Really Good Life, which is just, I just love a good pun. So that's how it evolved. Like, yeah. So I was like, what on earth could I call this? Um, and it started because I kept getting lots of questions from my, my friends and family asking how my rehabilitation was going and how my physio was going and how my hydrotherapy was going and you know, just when you just think, oh, I'm sick of copying and pasting the same yeah. idea to everyone. Yes, I'm, I'm in the process of waiting for a, a new guide dog. And I swear, every 10 minutes, a different person is saying to me, so have you heard anything? And I'm like, no, I told you I would tell you when I had an update, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And well, from that, it then evolved to people obviously knowing that I was now disabled and like strangers started to add me online like on my social media accounts you know like on Facebook and I and I'd always been quite private on Facebook I'd say um in terms of I I had like a a ritual where if I wouldn't say happy birthday to someone on Facebook you wouldn't be on my Facebook (laughs) (laughs) so I didn't I I was getting all these friend requests and I thought I'm just gonna set up something where everyone can see everyone's in the same place I don't have to have things on private and anyone can follow if Mm. they want to follow and if they don't they don't so I just set it up um and then it was almost overnight uh it it blew up within a week I think I had about 2,000 followers and wow I don't know I don't know what I did I, I think I'd put some hashtag on and Mrs Hinch found me and she put me on a story, so that's and it went how it quickly bananas. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and then from that, I thought, oh, people are actually really, really weirdly intrigued um, about what I'm doing with my life. So I thought, okay, I'll document things a bit more so, just more so about me. It doesn't even have to be about the disability. People just seem to enjoy it. So that's how it kind of evolved. Um, and then you know, schools were wanting to work with me and different brands are wanting to work with me and it's all just kind of snowballed and I'm just completely winging it if I'm honest it's uh, (laughs) not being planned out whatsoever I mean you say say it's not planned out but every time every 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 time I see anything I'm like yeah I completely agree with you (laughs) yeah I completely agree with you and it's not because that's not because that's not because like I think oh I really want to be your friend it's 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 more like it's more like but it's the it's the fact that it's another disabled person that's had the thought to go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna coherently talk about this without making it sound like I'm just talking about a toilet or just talking about a drop curve. And I think, yeah, you are. I mean, I th- I like to think that I co- I come across as a good communicator, but you you manage to get it in that little box in a in an Instagram story that makes you go, yeah, yeah. She's she's it there on the head there. Whereas like where so you can use one paragraph, I use about five. That's the thing. And I just think it's so it's so nice to see uh, f- from my point of view a, a, a wheelchair user who who is who is the same sort of 
so it has the same sort of outlook as me so if i want to do something i'll try it and if it if i fall on my face i fall on my face but at least i can say i've tried do you know what i mean and that that, yeah. that to me was something that was quite refreshing and i think it's but i do think it's extremely brave to go um this is this is my life and and the the amount of comments and stuff you get from people who aren't necessarily very nice or don't i don't think i would have the stomach for it like i i, I like to argue <laughs> that's the thing if somebody says something i'm like keep bite your tongue bite your tongue bite your tongue whereas i god can't i'm just like yeah but yeah but just constantly how do you how do you deal with the people that that just like are hell-bent in just misunderstanding you well this is the issue that i have so it's it's hard to be as concise and fit everything into an instagram caption obviously there's only a certain amount of characters that you can use within there and i'd like to say i i, I use as many characters as i possibly can it's not like i ever post one line i'm always posting paragraphs and paragraphs and and it's hard because i always try and say that this is this is me and this is my experience and mm. i would never say that i'm speaking on behalf of every disabled person on earth because of course every disabled person has a different experience just like every non-disabled person has you couldn't, I couldn't possibly speak on behalf of anyone else. But it's often misinterpreted. People tell me that, you know, my opinion is wrong and they've had this experience mm -hmm. and therefore I'm wrong. Um, and I just have to kind of gently remind people that their experience is just as valid mm -hmm. as mine and that or right or wrong, I'm simply just documenting the experiences that I've had. And I often find that, you know, when you were trying to describe, you know, seeing someone else online talking about similar things, it, that I've met lots of people online who just get yeah. it. That's what I describe it as, people who just get it. And I don't think you'd ever get it until you're in that position yourself. Mm. And it, you think, oh, actually, yeah, there's so many things that are obvious now. But when I was able-bodied, I was, I don't know where I was walking around with my head in the clouds, but. It's, there's just so many things and I'm just fascinated every single day when there's something new where I just think oh, what on earth is this what what am I gonna have to do now and it's fascinating and, and that's that's where the content comes from because I've lived a life before where I never had to think about anything like this and then now every day is at 100 mile an hour where there's a million and one things to think about and they're not always necessarily bad things that's the thing it's just trying to document it in a way what isn't shouty isn't offensive kind of it's very difficult it's pleasing. very difficult isn't it it's very difficult it really is it really is um but as i say i just try and try and remain as calm as possible because some people do get really aggressive mm. some people um will like purposefully make more than one account um to try and like troll me and it's not just a case of i disagree with your opinion it's a case of you're ugly your legs are disgusting. How could anyone ever want to be with someone who looks like you? All of these kind of things. Um, but I think that's just part part of the parcel, unfortunately, with having it such a such a prominent online account and putting yourself out there as much as I do. But there's definitely the good definitely outweighs the bad. I'd say. I think that 
that sort of fear of social media is definitely I'm definitely terrified like every time I put something even not even controversial anytime I put something that is reflective of my opinion mm. on Twitter like you like my Facebook's generally kind of it's like my family it's not mm. thousands and thousands of people <laughs> um but yeah <laughs> but um Twitter it is it is that more public and it is that more sort of you just you just there's less barriers to protect yourself behind and it is it is scary because you do get these people suddenly like loom out of the blue and you're like whoa all I said was oh it's really difficult to do this today and I'm being attacked because I have an opinion or an experience I've I've, I've been shouted at before because I eat sausages with brown sauce <laughs> really is that the hill you want to die on like just let me your sausages <laughs> in peace will you please like i've cooked them myself it's the first time i've ever done it and you're arguing the toss over brown sauce over red really really i mean i think it's the thing about the internet isn't it the internet is amazing because it's opened up communication to so many people but it's also opened up communication to so many mm -hmm. people and some people i'm not saying that people don't deserve to have an opinion but some people i feel like choose not to educate themselves and choose not to be open-minded about other people's experiences and and use the internet as a place to bully people just because they can and they can do it anonymously yeah definitely i think there's a there's a big difference between having an opinion and being an arsehole and people don't like, <laughs> they, they can never get find that right balance like everyone's entitled to their opinion but there's a time and place to say things and there's also a, a way to say yeah. things and it's the thing about it's a thing about written word isn't it you know you write a text yeah. message or a, or a message anywhere and you go why why is why is why are they being like that why are they being so then you have to ring them and go is everything all right we have fallen out or are we are we still friends um and it's that i think it's that but compounded by like a million because you know yeah definitely especially with the topic in hand people are people are, are already ready to bite yeah and mm. really really tread carefully sometimes i mean even yesterday i had someone who commented on my post saying that i need to stop stop looking looking at the negatives or something all it was was a video of me uh getting my wheelchair into my car just showing people how mm. i do it yeah said you need to stop looking at the i don't remember what it was stop looking at the negatives um silver linings and all that mm -hmm. uh, so like everything happens for a reason um, is it was it, and yes, was it cliche woman <laughs> no <laughs> it was like deal deal with the hand that you've been dealt or something like that and i just replied saying that's all well and good, but no amount of silver <laughs> linings will change the fact that there is certain hardships in yeah. your life. Well, so, and no amount of silver linings is going to get your wheelchair in your car. Well, like yeah, in a completely, if if what you're doing is a video to show the practicalities of the things that you do differently now that you have a disability, as opposed to the things that you did before acquiring your disability, like. I don't see that as a focusing on the negative. I see that as, you know, it's it's the equivalent of a lady who's recently had a kid saying, I used to do this, this and this, and now I have to do it with a pram. It's, mm. 
it's yeah. just showing how your life has changed. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I paused it in a way like saying, um, this is why I'm unable to fill up um fill up my car with petrol on my own sometimes because this is how much of a rigmarole it is. Hmm. And this is why sometimes I'm late for every event because of this. But yeah. like in a jokey, lighthearted way. And when I replied saying that, you know, nicely well in my opinion i was being nice that no amount of silver linings would change the fact that things are still hard sometimes and as and as good as some things are in my life there is still lots of things which are hard and and just because other people may have it worse than me doesn't mean that the way i have it isn't invalidated Um, anyway said guy went off on one saying that my responses were very hostile of course because they never like it do they when you uh when you talk, when you when you respond back with it, they think they just think if I just send this and then I'll leave it, go and have my tea, and come back, yeah. and uh, yeah, and it's, you just think that's why I can't keep my mouth shut, and that's that's yeah. Well, I'd said it in a nice way, like saying yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, of course, be positive, but in order for me to be positive, I need to also understand mm-hmm. the negatives and, and work from there because. If I go around with my head in the clouds saying, oh, yeah, uh, disabled people have it easy, <laughs> then what on earth is going to change? And I'd just, I'd just look like a tit. I think it's bad for, every, you know, for people's mental health if they don't recognise difficulties mm. and stresses and hardships in whatever their personal circumstances are. If you don't take the time to sometimes go, that was difficult, I'm having a bad day, I'm really sad mm. today, and care for yourself if whatever that care for yourself is if it's you know talking to a therapist having a gin posting something on instagram to raise awareness like Mm -hmm. if you don't do that then it's bad for your mental health and i think that unfortunately the people who who sit around and always say well it could be worse and you know silver linings and look at how bad other people have got it it makes you then feel bad for your bad feelings mm. yeah. and that's only going to make you feel worse well, that puts pressure on the on people with disabilities disabled people to go i've got to be happy all the time and i can't I can't be yeah. sad and we've we've said this before in previous episodes haven't we alice that you know we have days where we're absolutely fed up to the back teeth I mean, I'm going through it. We're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm annoyed. I can't get my hair dyed. It's going ginger. And I'm like, it's like the top of everything. That is like the the lid that is on the frustration bottle at the moment. And yeah, I wake up some mornings and I have a cry. And But I'm not crying because I'm disabled. I'm crying because like everything's a bit rubbish. Do you know what I mean? And you just think, get out. You say, I'm not crying because I'm disabled. There's bound to be non-disabled people out there who are having a really rough time of it and who are really struggling because they've got three kids at home and they're also trying to work from home and they can't get to get their hair done and their greys are showing and it's ups and they just wake up one morning and look in the mirror and it's, you know, that last Mm -hmm. straw of when you suddenly realise how much of your roots are showing through or something that caught you know that breaks you and it's got nothing to do with their physical self or their you know sensory abilities or anything like that it's entirely down to the circumstances and the mood that they're in as disabled disabled people we don't go up to able-bodied people go oh why are you sad is it because your legs work (laughs) (laughs) 
But it is, isn't it? You, you wouldn't die. You wouldn't die. Are you sad because your legs work? <laughs> like, like, yeah. Oh, it must be really hard to see. I feel so sorry for I'm you. Sorry you had to look at that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh. it's, it's, it's amazing, really, how, how, like, we can't. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You're damned if you're positive and you're damned if you're sad, aren't you, really? Yeah. 100% and that's what this guy was saying he was saying it's your way or the highway you're not someone I want to follow and, and I'm like no then don't follow follow no you one on. is keeping you here and yeah. also if you just read what you've just said that it's your way or the highway then you know take that into account I'm saying that you've said something I disagree with what you've said that's fine we are allowed yeah. to disagree yeah. because we are different people it doesn't make you a bad person or me a bad person for not having that same opinion. Um, but, you know, it's just not always kind of received in that way from some people online. Some people just get really irate um, and also read things yeah. wrong, like the way that my first message was worded. To him, he's read it as if I was being hostile. Um, but to me, I was just saying, no, I need to recognise the negative parts sometimes in order to move forward and to be positive. It's like having an infection and just getting on with your day-to-day life with an infection without yeah. treating the infection yeah. and addressing the problem. Yeah, and then your finger falls off and you're like, yeah. Yeah. you're like, what well, has this happened? I just yeah. ignored it. Why didn't it go yeah. away? It's all fine saying I just get on with my day, but unless you go and you get your antibiotics or whatever it may be, then get on with your day, mm. that problem go away. That problem's going to get worse. So that's the way I see it is if, yeah, you address the hardships. And you carry on with your day. I absolutely you carry agree. On with and forget everything else, as if everything's all rose petals. And you know. well, and that's, that's something you see people, you know, within kind of mental health community saying time and time again is that you can't ignore mental health, but mm. people people find it very hard to recognise and accept those kinds of health conditions where there's not a physical sort of symptom. Yeah. Where they can't say, oh, well, this is why this person is sad. This is why this person is ill. It's, and so people will say, well, you need to just get on with it. And it's like, but, you know, mental illness and even, you know, the far bottom end of the spectrum of just having a bad day sometimes. Yeah, of course. It, it, that, is, that all comes from, you know, the way our brains work and the hormones we produce. And that's all sort of created by our experiences and interactions with the world outside as well as our inside bodies and you can't invalidate that just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there Mm -hmm. definitely i think i think some people often forget that it's okay to feel sad sometimes that's completely normal it's okay to feel frustrated sometimes not every day is always rosy as as you want it to be um and it's just it's just really hard to be positive all the time it, it's not it's not something that's really viable to be positive every single minute of every single day and i'd rather document the good the bad and the ugly online to show people that actually yeah that's just a normal person and that, that's how they live their life just like i might be as well i've lost count of the amount of times that i have shouted at my fingers i've shouted at my hands i've shouted at my feet because they just like have you ever seen me having a bag of crisps because it's painful I, but I'm not, I'm not shouting because 
I blame my body for not working. I'm shouting because it has taken me 10 minutes to do this job. And I would just wish my feet would cooperate. The amount of still like having a conversation with my feet, like, oh, God, will you just, like, and my mum's like, are you all right? But like, yes, I'm fine, 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 fine. It's no different to sitting at your desk at work and trying to open an email and there's a problem with the attachment or something and you're thinking, for God's sake. And you don't want to call IT because you know IT are going to talk to you like you're an idiot. And you just, it's, it's, literally no different from from that it's a sort of daily frustration that you that people come across in their different daily yeah. lives and you know nobody's ever been yelled at for well i mean i i'm probably wrong i was going to say nobody's ever been yelled at for complaining on the internet about having tech problems but i imagine the internet finds a reason to yell at everybody um but <laughs> the, the principle stands. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's just amazing. So, you know, and it's, you just think, there are some days where you think, oh, like, getting in the shower in the morning, I, I can't just jump in the shower. It takes at least 15 minutes for me to get in the shower mm. and turn it on. And some days, I just, like, I get in the shower, and I'm like, if I, if I could walk, I would have been in and out of the shower by now. Like, oh yeah it's um it's i hate those like i hate those thing. sometimes i'm like i'm gonna hold this wing in because it's a nightmare for me to get out of this building to go to the toilet across over there so i'm gonna wait until i actually need to go home then i'll go when i'm just at yeah. home so i'm holding like everything for three hours just for the sake of thinking oh, i cannot be bothered for the yeah. fuff everything's a fuck i have i have banned my mum from asking me whilst we're out when we're out of the house if I need to go to the toilet because if she asks and she hasn't checked whether there is toilet facilities available for me to use and then we find there is no toilet facilities and I but I, if I go now I'm all right thanks and then I think actually yeah I could probably probably could she's made you think so about she's it she's not allowed yeah. to ask me so sometimes she'll go sometimes <laughs> even now she'll go do you need the toilet and I'm like what what did I say Shaz <laughs> What did I say? <laughs> what have I said to you? And then she's like, sorry, sorry. But um yeah, so it's you just said to yourself, it's like little tiny things, isn't it? And then you think, no wonder I'm knocking by the end of the day. No wonder I am so tired. And it's like you know, you speak to non disabled people and you think oh, oh, the classic one of Oh, what are you tired for? You sit down all day, like <laughs> if I, oh. only you knew. Only you know because it's not just sitting there. It's quite tiring just sitting down all day, to be honest, isn't it? Like, yeah. it, is, it is exhausting. But it's not just the sitting down, it's the transferring and the moving. And the and my mum always says, um, there's a lot to getting Lucy up, ready and dressed in the morning to look like she's ready to go for work. People on the outside look at me and go, oh, yeah, there's Lucy, look. Yeah, she's arrived for work today. But actually, they've not seen, like, mum helping me out of bed in the morning, mum helping me in the shower, mum helping me get dressed, mum, you know, and, like, you know, getting all the, all those little things that people take for granted done before I've even, like, started to open the laptop and get ready for work. It's it's quite... And then, and then when people do see it, they go, oh, I never realised. And I think that what you're doing, Jenny, is you're, you know, you are shining a little bit of a light onto the kind of little things that 
disabled people have to consider. It's like a military operation trying to leave the house. It really is. It really is. And, and you know, like when I go places in the car, I'll always think, right, let's let's try and consolidate all of my jobs into one day so that I don't have yes. to go out and get my wheelchair in and out the mm-hmm. car. Seven times, like throughout the week, I can just do it all on the one day. And I'm, I'm, I'll even do things right, like, hmm, I'm hungry. Where can I go? That's the drive. <laughs> so that I get my wheelchair in and out the car. Well, that's the best excuse I've ever heard to go to the... That is like the <laughs> yeah, so I'm not getting much out of the car today. I'm just going to sit here. It really is. Like, I, I really limit the food options. I'm limited to like McDonald's, Costa Coffee, and like the odd KFC, <laughs> whereas we want some really nice like delis and things. And uh, mm-hmm. I want all that it's just because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant i love that i think that's something else though that like a lot of non-disabled people don't necessarily kind of comprehend is that there isn't also an element as like you're disabled but you you've also got a personality and like i am a fundamentally i'm a late person and people are always Mm -hmm. like it's it's great because I can blame it on my guide dog or I can blame it on having some accident of walking into something or tripping over something, which I, you know, absolutely do. But also I'm just a very late person because I have the tendency to stand there and go, oh, what knickers shall I wear today? (laughs) And just kind of stare and rummage. And like, I'm sitting here now just playing with my hair and just like, oh, look at the wall. Isn't it pretty? Alice, please. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's that's what it's like in my head the whole yeah. time. And so, I mean, I say that it's that's not what it's like in my head the whole time. What it's actually like in my head the whole time is there's a tiny little anxious voice going, "Oh my god, what if this happens? And oh my god, what if that happens?" But I pretend that I'm just you know gazing into the the moonlight or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but like that. That's why I'm late. I'm late because I don't want to get out of bed, and when I do get out of bed, I overthink everything and I get distracted by my phone and I can't decide what shoes to wear and I was supposed to meet you 20 minutes ago and so I'm now freaking out that I was supposed to meet you 20 minutes ago and then I've got to sort the dog out and then the dog decides she's got to have a poo in the street on the way and actually the dog having a poo only delays me by about 14 seconds is everything else but I'm like oh sorry I'm late I I don't see (laughs) classic um but it yeah. is people don't think about those you, I, I, think, I, think I think lots of able-bodied people i think as well people when you know if they don't know me and they, they first meet me i don't know what it's like for for you jenny and alice but um they meet me and they're often surprised that i take the mickey out of myself they're often surprised yeah. i've got a sense of humor like how like it's like how mm. on earth can you joke about something so like it's just awful how could you joke but like if you don't laugh about it you cry so uh, you know i I... and i'd much rather you made jokes about being in a wheelchair than some like fat white 50 something comedian on stage in some dive bar making jokes about people in wheelchairs but they're often they're often And I, I love making people laugh. When I know I'm making people laugh, I'm like, yeah, I've got them. I've got them. I've got them. They're laughing. Um, and it, I just, I think, and like, I can remember going to the pool quiz 
And one of my friends, we'd not known each other very long, and we'd, we'd been introduced. Um, <laughs> I must have been talking to him for about 20 minutes, and I was on the bombarding um, stage of the getting to know me. So it's like, get all the wheelchair jokes out first before we can. Like, I was joke, joke, joke. And he just, he was laughing, and he looked at me, and he goes, I've never met anybody like you before. I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, so gobby and, like, un- unable to come up for air because I was just like, Here's another one. Here's another one. But it's, I think it's it's a cr- cross between like a defense mechanism and a and a. Well, if I make a joke about it, then you're you're gonna know I'm all right with it, kind of thing. But I do I do quite like talking about myself to other people. You may have noticed. <laughs> but um, it's it's that kind of. But they're always some people. I'm not saying everybody, but some people are surprised that I have like brain cells. They're surprised, you know, I am switched on and I understand everything because usually we get, does she take sugar or mm. talking above my head? Do you get that, Jenny? Yeah, quite a lot. Like when I tell people, um, they'll say, oh, so, like, so what is it you do? And I'll say, I'm, I've got a degree. <laughs> like, oh, what? oh, right, okay. Um, so was that... Was that before the wheelchair or and I'm like yeah it was before the wheelchair <laughs> um, like oh right yeah yeah and I'm like but you know I can still get a degree with or without you feel like saying right give me a degree alert, sign me up for something now just so I can prove a point yeah. Yeah. did you was that a shock to you when you went from being able-bodied to being in a wheelchair was it a shock to you the way that people started talking to you and started treating you or do you think was it something you were aware of before? Was it something you'd kind of expected? Um, no, not at all. Obviously, well, I'd say obviously. I'd like to say that I understood about accessibility, but in reality, I didn't. I knew not even one tenth about accessibility as to what it was really like. Hmm. It was the perception side of things that I had no clue about. I like. I'm just, I was just so used to, you know, walking anywhere, walking down the street and no one batting an eyelid at me. Whereas now I can't go anywhere without people glaring at me constantly, whether it's nice, like patronizing smiles mm. or people like gawping at me. I can't go anywhere or do anything without people staring. The only place I can go is in my car because no one knows that. I'm disabled when I'm driving my car because that's another thing what people assume that I couldn't possibly be driving around in a car what looks normal. Yeah, they think like it should be like a transformer car that's got like holes and grab hands and yeah. Yeah, I don't know what they expect to be pulling (laughs) up but all of the time, literally I'll pull into Asda and people will be glaring at me as if to say, why are you parking there? People tut sometimes. And I'll just wait and stare it out and think, just you wait until I start lobbing half my wheelchair out, until I pull these wheels out of this car. Then I can't wait to see your face drop. Yeah. And it always does. In the back. Yeah, like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't me doing the tutting. No, I, I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I, that. Like, I get, see what you think putting at me. Yeah, I get a lot of that because. Obviously, when I'm sat in a car and I've not got my chair, I look like I'm just sat on a normal chair. Yeah. My, but my mum has to get help me get in and out of the car. So sometimes you get you get like people like glaring through the window, not yeah. making a like not hiding it. And I'll just say to my mum, just do it. Just get get the chair up and get it out really slowly. 
because I really want to make these people feel bad. All right, there, Sandra. Like, that kind of. It's really interesting because, as somebody who, like, my disability is not immediately apparent. I have had people like I will be out with my guide dog, and people will ask me if I drive, and I'm like. Yeah, no, I I do the pedals and the dog does the wheel. <laughs> or like and or, and yes, I get we get the um you know people tutting if we park in a disabled spot and then we get the dog out and people are like, "Oh well, that's it." But, yeah. but it's I it's really strange for me because I don't think I I don't as a a sort of physically mobile person in in that respect it's i don't think i get stared at in the same way and maybe maybe i'm wrong maybe it's just i can't see the people <laughs> i staring. was about to say <laughs> but, but no lucy this is another uh another one of those times where i'm allowed to make right. jokes about me being blind right. you're allowed to make jokes about you being <laughs> in a wheelchair stay in my lane <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'm the one who swerves out lanes because I can't see the yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your excuse. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's and it's really weird to me because I feel like I don't know if I if I see somebody just walking their dog in the street, I'm like, oh, that person's got a dog. Look at that dog; it's so excited. If I see a person in a wheelchair, it's like, oh, that person's sitting down. Mm. It's like I I'm almost amazed that that people are more gawping at people in wheelchairs than mm. and again maybe it's just because I'm not seeing it but I do I don't feel as though there is the same shock for people and it again that might be partly because people quite often assume I'm training the dog or something like that but I could tell you numerous occasions where I have been minding my own business in a supermarket and I've been stood like, this is the last time it happened, was before the lockdown, so about a year ago. And I was stood in, in a supermarket, minding my own business. My mum had wandered off, which is, first of all, the biggest the biggest thing. If anybody wanders, this, this sort of stuff never happens to me when I have an able-bodied person with me, because it's almost like they're my force field. Well, that says they a lot, keep, doesn't they it? They keep the... Uh, the idiots at bay, like they get, you know, idiots come nowhere near me if I've got um, if I've got a, a, a an able-bodied person with me. But I, so she'd wandered off, and I was minded my own business, looking at the cheese, and there was some <laughs> this man. Sorry, that made me snort. Yeah, the cheese, <laughs> um, just you and your cheese <laughs> obsession today. Uh, this week, I think. Um, yeah, so this this man, I was looking at looking looking at something, minding my own business, and I hadn't even clocked this fella. And I have no idea. The corner of my eye, he comes up to me. He'd got two kids in a trolley, one of which wasn't sat in the seat thing for the kid, and he went, "Ugh, ugly and disabled." Jesus oh, and Christ! I just read, and, he, and he wandered off. Before it even my brain had even had a chance to go, hang on, hang on, hang on. What did he just say? Like, thank God, by the time I realised what he'd said, I was just like, 
<laughs> what? what I mean, if I was ugly, would you? Would it, if I was able bodied and ugly, would you wonder up to somebody go, oh, ugly? Ugly and her legs were. <laughs> like, I was just like, and my mum came back and I was like, mum, some random man's just gone, oh, ugly and disabled. And she's like, you know what? Sometimes I tell her things and she's like, are you sure? Are you sure? Like, are you, are you sure? <laughs> Honestly, nothing surprised no. me at all. You could tell me anything and I'd say, yeah, I believe it's you. It's just, and, and uh, my friends, I don't notice people staring really now at all because I, yeah, like, I've i had yeah. I've had my disability from the get-go. So I was I was born prematurely and so I've, I've never been able to walk and never will be able to walk. So I, like, when I was a kid, I used to notice it and I used to go, Mom, why are these people staring at me? And my mum would go, it's because you're beautiful. It's not. It's because I'm different. But I thought I don't notice it now. But if I'm with other people who haven't been out with me before, they'll go, have you seen that person staring at you? Like, proper gawping. And sometimes friends of mine will go, oh, yeah, yeah, look, he likes you. And I'm like, you sure he likes me? And he's, like, looking at me because he likes me and not just generally gawping. It's, it's really mad like you look at the words you just used to describe that situation it's like people aren't looking at you because you're pretty people are looking at you because you're Mm. different but you're not different there's how many people in the world who use wheelchairs it's not like you're a flying unicorn like is is it really worth staring at have they never seen a person using a wheelchair before it is, it, it, it is just absolutely, you do think to yourself, like, I would never dream of staring at anybody. And if I am staring at anybody, I don't know I'm doing it, which makes me wonder, do they? Do these other people know they're doing it? I don't think people do all the time. And I just, because, do you, do you think that these people go home and tell them, it's like, oh, I saw a person in a wheelchair today. Is, yeah. is it yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> I genuinely do there's certain there's like certain levels there's like the levels of people who are just randomly who just do like a yeah. little scared glance as if they're gonna catch something <laughs> yeah mm. then there's people who like long stare then there's people who stare then you catch eyes and then they'll quickly look away then there's the people who will like stare and start to like hover around you as you say like in the cheese aisle they'll be like hovering and you can tell that they're itching just itching to do something or ask you something whether it be touch you which is a common yeah. one which people always think I'm lying about but people touch me all the time or ask me like a really really random question so like like the whole grabbing the back of the wheelchair thing is more common than mm. people think think people always say oh no I wouldn't dream of touching someone in a wheelchair without asking them. I'm like, no, it happens all the time. People just grab the back of me. and then People do it to me. They they yeah. grab my free really? arm when I'm there with the dog. And just, yeah, just, just, it's this way. And I'm like, no, you go first and the dog will follow you. Like, don't, don't try oh. and, they think they're guiding me. And there is a certain way to guide a human, isn't there? There is a certain knack of, of doing it, isn't there? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, there is. But there's also a, if I've come up to you in the middle of uh, Mesco's <laughs> and said, excuse me, can you tell me where the beans yeah. are? And they grab me and go, I'll show Don't you. Me. I, I go, no, it's okay. 
you go first, I'll follow you. And it's, you know, that is me, me having to stop them and say, oh, no, 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 yeah, this is, this, this is, and what I really want to do is say, don't fucking touch me. Who do you think you are? You're just grabbing me. You wouldn't grab a random 30-year-old woman in Tesco's if she didn't have a disability, no. would you? No. I have had it where, like, they've picked me, the back of my chair up and moved it, like, left or right, like I'm some sort of furniture that's in the way of the aisle. Like, yeah. oh, excuse me, can I just, yeah. like... Yeah, definitely. Or they'll do the whole, like, reaching over. Yeah. Things will be like this over the top of me, and I'll have like I'm always just in a sea of armpits all the time. <laughs> and it's even worse in the summer when people have got their shirts off, men have got their shirts off. Yeah, oh. I don't, I don't even bother going to the reduced section <laughs> over the top yeah. of me, and I'm like, hello, hello, I'm right here. But, and I, I think the whole COVID situation has made accessibility and getting into places and out of places. I know that you've had this. Jenny, where it's just made it not only impossible to get in and out of places independently. Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's hard enough at the best of times, um, and now that COVID's, I just feel like COVID's used as like a blanket excuse mm. for so many different things. People are like, oh well, mm, COVID, so uh, we've had to put this in place instead. And I'm like, what about human rights? Never mind. It's COVID quickly. I've definitely experienced like like one way systems nightmare mm. because my understand <laughs> you know arrows because she's <laughs> so when people are like oh you're not supposed to come down this aisle this aisle this way I'm like oh I'm sorry I'll just explain that to my Labrador shall I mm. um, but it, it's I'm interested to sort of hear examples of you know as a as a wheelchair user trying to get out there how you know what things have been put in place that are in theory supposed to be keeping us safe but are actually barring a bunch of people from using services and things oh there's loads in my experience so like for instance my local town center um at each entrance they'll only have one um like accessible door so like an auto door um and they've split the, there's like six doors but only one automatic one and they've split the doors mm. into three in and three out now, obviously, the way maths works, one <laughs> means that I can I can enter the building, but I'm not allowed to exit the building. Well, I am, but I can't physically do it because of the big, heavy glass yeah. doors, and I can't, no matter how heavy they are, they're not wide enough for me to fit no. through. So there's an occasion where, obviously, I'm sticking to the arrows as best I can, but then when it gets to the exit, I do have to cross over to go and use the automatic doors. And people are telling me, people are walking into the centre telling me, you're not allowed to exit through this door. As I'm wheeling through and I'm saying, do you not comprehend the situation that's going on right now? I'm disabled. This door is put here for disabled people and I'm told I'm not allowed to use it. I have to use the door over there, which I cannot even fit through because the door frame is too small, regardless of how heavy the door is. But mm. they're still telling me that COVID means that I'm not allowed to exit the door which is being put there for my purpose in the first place and I, and I think as well when these decisions were made about access for COVID you know being COVID secure and COVID safe I think when those decisions were made everybody assumed that disabled people were shielding and weren't couldn't possibly be yeah. going out anywhere so why would we need to why do like and I saw pictures of 
you know, outside Argos, they've caught cordoning off all the disabled bays because it's out with queuing. And you think, well, where, where do I park? Look, if I want to go to Argos to pick something up that I need, you know, during shielding, doesn't matter what it is, um, how am I supposed to park the car? How am I supposed to park the car to get in your shop in the first place? I mean, and for me, it, you can sort of rewind it back even further than that. So, you know, the example that you just gave, Jenny, is that you couldn't get into places in your town centre because there's only one accessible automatic door. Why is there only one accessible automatic door? Well, if 10 wheelchair users wanted to go in there at the same time, they'd have to queue down the street so that you yeah. could go... It, I, it's just it's just ridiculous well yeah this is the thing because when you speak to these large organizations and explain that you know you're not the only disabled person on earth <laughs> the response always is ah well actually we don't get that many disabled people using our facilities and i say to them why do i wonder why that is yeah why do you think disabled people do not come here because you don't accommodate mm. for them Oh, right. Well, yeah. I just, I just don't think there's a there's a market for disabled people. And when I tell them that the one in five people within the UK have some form of disability, like, oh, oh, really? Oh, oh. And and then on the other hand, you've got people complaining about all of the money and benefits that we're getting from the government, and it's like, well, open up services to us so that we can spend all of that generous benefit we're being got, given yeah because yeah. you know apparently we're money yeah. bags do you know what i mean and yeah so what, what you're actually doing is giving us bags and bags of money and then isolating us so all that we do is sit on and it save it and yeah yeah um <laughs> just doesn't make no, sense yeah. i mean i think as well when people realize the spending power of a disabled person and their families because that's the thing with the spending power of disability it's not just a disabled person it affects it's no, it's like no. the family because like if a family know that okay they've got a child in a wheelchair and they know that they can go to this pub or this shop or this town center and get into everywhere you know go, you know visit everywhere they are more likely to come back because they know that the access is good and then they know that the toilets are available and that kind of thing it just takes all that stress that we were talking about before of you know is there a toilet available where can i park the car if they know it's there they're going to keep coming back aren't they exactly and it's because that's not the norm accessibility is not the norm then you're going to be going back to the same places that you know time and time again because simply because they are accessible and so they're the only places you can go to so of course that's where you're spending all your money mm -hmm. 100%. It's always the same with me and my friends. So say if there's like 10 of us and we're organising throughout for... That's 10 birthdays we go to a year. 10 of us mm. going out for meals. And there's not a single time where I would ever go anywhere that didn't accommodate me. Mm. So that's like, you know, 100 meals worth. What companies are potentially losing out on because of the fact that they're not providing for that one person. Absolutely. It's... Um... Uh, and I suppose when you hit them with the with, with the stats and they can't like they, you can't argue with facts and figures, can you really? Um, well, and it always comes down to people's bottom line, possibly. doesn't it? And so if you start explaining to people about how it's costing them or they're losing out on profits, that's when people start going, "Well, maybe I should change," you know, my approach. Mm -hmm.
Mm. You know, it's, it's human human rights aren't important to people. No, Profits are important unless, to people. Unless money's involved. <laughs> Jenny, you've been involved with lots of raising awareness of different different sort of topics. So I know that you've done the the red cord campaign and the petrol stations. You've been doing a lot of work with the petrol stations. Um, how easy would you say is once you start making a noise about these sorts of issues? Would you say it is to get other people on board? And by other people, I mean able-bodied people. Do you think it's quite easy? Do you think it's easier now than it was when you first started your Instagram account? Or do you still face a bit of an uphill struggle? Um, I think it, I think it's easier now, more so, because I have got a lot of backing from both disabled and non-disabled people online. Um, but in the beginning, it was just the kind the way that... I, the way that I pose things online, it's not a it's not a way of me saying, Oh, this is the worst thing on earth. How could they possibly be doing this? How could they possibly be tying cords up? I posed it in a way and said, Hey, have you seen this? This is a red cord. Do you know what it's what it does? Do you know what it's mm. for? Um, have you seen it tied up like this before? Have you tied up one of these before? I, in all honesty, I've probably tied one up before. Um, not really thinking what it's for or yeah. what could help someone. Um, I hold my hands up. Why don't we all consciously make an effort to untie them in future? Because now we all know what they're for. Um, and now we've all got our thinking caps on realising, actually, I shouldn't tie that up because it has a knock-on effect for the person after me who may need to use it. Um, so I always go in with that approach saying, like, no one's the bad guy yeah. here. You might have done things in the past which haven't been the best decision, um, but that's not from a place of spite or anger. It's a, it's from a place of just lack of understanding. Um, and it's my job to give people that understanding um, and then move forward. And, you know, like I'm not here to call anyone out or say, I can't believe that you've, you know, tied up a red card before. I can't believe you've, randomly push someone in a wheelchair before i can't believe you've asked this question before it's just a case of understanding you know just understanding disability just a bit more um and it's it's been a hard battle trying to pose it in that way but i think that's the way that people seem to um understand and want to understand more when it's not as if they're being told off it's more so hey this mm. is the big yes why don't we all about. And I think as well, being able to have that, being you know, being able to own that space where you allow people to go, yeah, okay, I've done this in the past. What should I do in the future? Yeah, uh, without mm -hmm. shaming anybody, uh, is a yeah. great way to, to build, start and build that understanding. So I, I'll often do a ask me anything, um, yeah, thing online and uh, on my Twitter and. So people are often go, what, you mean anything? I can ask you anything. I'm like, yeah. Because if it stops you from, from, from you know, doing things that actually aren't that productive um, towards somebody with a disability, then I'm all for it. And I will be as open and as honest as you want me to be. But just, uh, just breaking down that barrier to go, all right, don't be so frightened of asking the question. Because I can see it in people's eyes sometimes where they want to ask me a question, but they don't know where to start. So they just don't bother asking. And that's to me, is a missed opportunity. Because I think, well, if you're not asking, 
then you're constantly going to be thinking, well, mate, I can't do it. Can I do that? Is that, is that all right to do that? Is that all right to ask that question? And I know that some people go, well, you know, we really shouldn't have to do that. But I think it's a great way of not being so standoffish and going, yeah, I understand you don't. I understand that an able-bodied person does not understand what it's like to be disabled. Why would you? You know, you could argue that I don't understand what it's like to be able-bodied. Um, but I wouldn't hold that against you. But just be mindful. Mm. It's making people mindful of it, isn't it, really? Yeah, 100%, definitely. I think my issue with it is that there's it's the onus always seems to fall on the disabled person to take that first step it's you know lucy being open to people asking her questions that they're embarrassed or worried about asking it's you know you jenny having to post you know think about the way that you communicate in your posts so that you don't cause people to be defensive mm -hmm. and as i I mean, what I'd really want to see would be that, you know, from early sort of education and things like that, kids are being educated and made more aware of these things so that actually instead of having to come to Lucy with those questions, those same handful of questions of, well, how do you do this? How do you, you know, X, Y, Z? that they already have a bit more of an understanding and are a bit more informed so that the questions that they ask are, are just a little bit less kind of degrading and a little bit less obvious sometimes. Like I definitely get asked really stupid questions sometimes. And it's, you know, I understand that if you don't have any concept of what life with a visual impairment is like, that's fine. But I do also think perhaps think it through like don't you know don't have a go at me for walking the wrong way down the aisle in the supermarket because my dog's not following the arrows because she's a dog and dogs don't understand arrows and it's just that if you if people were a bit more educated and aware already then I wouldn't have to come up against the those little daily things that can be really just exhausting mm. and i think as a i think as a disabled person you do develop i don't know about you jenny but i know i over the years have developed an extremely thick skin when it comes to stuff you know that people say to me and i'm not just talking about online stuff i'm talking about people just generally being thoughtless you know you develop that you're a bit like an armadillo really um because you think if it's a thick you know it's a thick skin it doesn't bother me it doesn't bother me but there, there is you and you we're only human and there are you know there are times where one little comment will get in and you go i've, I've had enough i can i get off now please can i get off this ride um but you do develop a thick skin did did you find jenny that you had to develop a thick skin rather quickly yeah, I'd, I'd say so, because in all honesty, I mean, there's there's plenty of disabled people um, in my town, but I I didn't know anyone my age, um, a manual wheelchair user, a female. I, I don't I don't know anyone local no. to me who, who was similar in that regard. 
Um, so people were just like really, they just didn't, couldn't grasp it. And they were like, wow, this is front page news almost. And I had so many questions and I was just a bit like, oh, I just, I, I don't even know what to say. As I, I felt like I was going over the same things over and over and over again. A bit like a performing monkey in, in a respect. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of, when I speak about this online, um, there's there's certain elements which I'm happy to share with people. And then there's other elements where I just think it is exhausting, yeah. as you say, when people are constantly asking you, what's the matter with you? Why are you like that? What's the matter? And you just think, that person's just came up to me and asked me that question. I've had to just relive one of the most traumatic experiences of my life. And then they're just getting on with their shopping while Sam sat here thinking, now I feel yeah. shit. Mm. So I think it's important to remember that the onus isn't always on the disabled person to give everyone the answers. The onus should be on non-disabled people to go out there and do a little bit of research themselves too. And as I say, and as you say, Alice, I think it, the main way to do that would be education at a lower level um, so that people are brought up understanding different disabilities and understanding that it's not such a, a big thing to be to be scared of because that, mm. that's the only way I can describe it. Some people are just simply scared. Yeah. They're just, they don't know if they're saying the right thing or doing the right thing. People physically jump out of the way when they see me as if they're going to catch something. And yeah. I think, how, like, where has this evolved from? Where has this came from other than the media and, and lack of education? Yeah. I And I yeah. think for me... I was a media student at university and for me I think when I realised that actually the, one of our biggest problems as a disabled community is the way the media portrays us, for me is mm. that was incredible, like it made me feel so sad because I was like but I love like films and television and yet it's the films and television that is the main thing that go oh yeah disabled people it must be a villain you know like james bond you look at james bond and like or any villain really in in um in cinema and it's like they've got a disability or they're disfigured somehow and you just think oh here we, here we go again like you're a villain you're to some pitiable victim yeah. or I'm, you're I'm just angry. not there you're yeah. just not there at all definitely and when we are there people able-bodied people are cast in our roles <laughs> but that's a whole different topic yeah exactly yeah but I don't, you know it does make me feel it did make me feel i mean there's not you know no point crying over spilt milk but when you realize actually the media is half to blame for the for for the struggles that i face you think well that's a bit of a kick in the teeth just show us as normal people mm -hmm. You know, and there are changes happening, but it's very, very slow. Like they'll just yeah. pop up in Coronation Street. You're like, oh, there, there they are. Um, yeah. I remember watching Bake Off. Where was it? Was it Bryony? And she had like um, one. Was it one arm or or like one arm and some fingers that weren't there, and and nobody made reference to it. And I was like, this is amazing. Like this. And I was like, why am I so why am I so overjoyed about the fact that Brian he hasn't got a hand and nobody's nobody's really mentioned it. It's like yeah. what a sad state of affairs. Like I noticed it yeah. because like to some extent they're they're similar to me and and you kinda of go Well and I imagine 
a lot of the able-bodied viewers at home noticed it as well and went why isn't anybody talking yeah. about it and then after a few episodes they realized they weren't noticing it anymore and actually yeah. they realized that Bryony is just Bryony and she also happens to have this disability but look at this cake and this bread and this pastry yeah and I think that's the problem I mean able-bodied people I'm not like saying everybody but a lot of able-bodied people they need to, before we like it's almost like before we start anything let i just need to know what 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 has happened here yeah, yeah. what's the what, deal I with you tell me so my brain can compute and then we can get on with yeah. everything can't go any further on that you've disclosed but then they get sometimes people get really really aggressive when you say I've told people before, complete strangers. I was at the bus stop one time and some bloke came over and was like, what's the matter with you then? And I said, nothing. What do you mean, what's the matter with me? So, well, like, like what, why are you in a wheelchair? Like, what's what's the matter with you? I was like, what's the matter with you? What, like, what's your medical history? Yeah. And he was like, well, well, yeah, but you like, can you walk at all? And I went, no, not at all. What, like, not not even a little bit? You can't even stand up? I said, no. No, I can't. Well, are you going to tell us then? Like, tell us. Tell us. And I'm like, this is really, this is really yeah. strange. And the more you ask me to tell you, the more I'm going to say no. <laughs> it's just really, really odd. There's times where I just think, yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to tell you because it's coming from a place of genuine interest. And then there's other people who are just, like, really weirdly curious um, and just want to quickly get that question answered and then off the go, they're not interested in anything else. Like their to brain do gets itchy and they go, I need yeah. to, I must, I must scratch this itch. Yeah. And then what do you say? I mean, when I was at university, we had about three made up, four or four, three or four made up stories about why I was in a wheelchair because my friends got so sick of how, because they would always ask my friends and never me, like, what, what's wrong with your friend? Also, there's also, I think, an element. Um, sorry to interrupt you Lucy but like something that Lucy and I probably experienced that you haven't Jenny is that our stories are really yeah. boring like we were just it's born so like boring. this I mean you could you, Jenny you could tell us that you've had your legs bitten off by a tiger and we'd be like wow really like how big was a tiger like what did you do about yeah, yeah. but it's like yeah it's really quite I was born early and then lack of oxygen and this happened and this happened and it wasn't like instantaneous. I came out of the womb and I was in a wheelchair. It was like <laughs> you think you came out of the womb and then your mum had another couple <laughs> hours of labour and then the little baby chair came yeah. out. But it's it's not that exciting. So my friends would come up with ridiculous stories, and you would sit. I would sit at a distance, and I could see their faces drop as it's like, oh, oh yes. my, oh my, really? And I have to go over and go. He's having you on. They're having they're having yeah. you on. <laughs> That one of that happened. Um, yeah. Oh, but you do, you know, you do think to yourself, do you really need to know this? Like, it's literally the most boring bit of the story. Yeah. yeah. It just, it just bears no relevance to anything. No. Like, they're just, in that sense, if it's an accident, it just seems to be dragging up the, like, the croppers part. And mm. then they've got their fix, which is what, what's the matter mm. with you? And then I'll yeah, go and carry on. What with are they going to do with that information once you've gone and they've gone home? They're not interested in the disability part. They're just interested in the juicy mm. bit, which they seem to find juicy when in actual fact, I'd rather say, hey, 
um, I'm disabled and and this is the accessibility issues that I have or this is the weird perceptions that people have of me. Can I tell you a bit more about that? Not not my accident and the trauma that I had to live through and the months and months after of like adapting and changing my life. But I'd much rather talk to people about the books that I enjoy reading, not the weird changes, accessibility things I have to go through to be able to read. Yeah. That, that bit's not interesting. Yeah. yeah. I know. I always say I'm far more than just four wheels. That is the thing. Mm. And when people go, people will be like, oh, so you're like interested in XYZ? I'm like, yeah. Believe it or not, I talk about other things other than my wheelchair and mobility aid. And I think that's the really cool thing about what you're doing, Jenny, is that you are trying to change those perceptions by showing people kind of your real life and your lived experiences rather than you know I know that sometimes me and Lucy can get a bit ranty and there's definitely people in the disabled community you know who are sick of telling people and answering those questions um, but there is an element of unfortunately the society we live in people don't know and so they're there are people out there who are going to ask those questions and kind of what you're doing is is actually offering a really accessible easy to understand and not not sort of overly aggressive and not ch overly challenging and not definitely um, i know you're also not falling into the camp of being like inspiration porn either you're not being inspiration yeah, porn. Yeah, it's a fine line yeah, to walk. It's a very fine line. You're not being inspiration porn, but you're not going, oh, poor me, isn't this terrible? You're just going, this is what it is. Make your own mind up as to whether it's it's like what you think. And not, of course, not everybody's always going to agree with you because that would just be ridiculous. But do you think your experience of going from being a non-disabled person who didn't really have that experience and that awareness to becoming a disabled person is kind of what has has helped you and sort of led you to want to to educate and raise awareness like this yeah definitely I think so I think more so because when I look back I just think I must have just been completely oblivious completely and utterly oblivious I'd it's not that I didn't care it's just that I didn't have people live in their own bubbles to, yeah, I was like in, almost innocently ignorant to it. Um, I wasn't. It wasn't done on purpose. It just. I'd never had a disabled family member. I'd never had a disabled friend. Didn't know anyone um, who was disabled. So I never had reason to go out of my way to understand it or educate myself around it. And and, and as you say, it wasn't something that I was taught in school. It was not something that was ever touched upon. Really, not to my. Uh, I can remember when I was at school and sort of sixth form age, we were made to go to the local mainstream school and sort of integrate with the mainstream kids. I thought you were going to say that like they teach you the mainstream school to educate you about <laughs> able-bodied people yeah. and how not to like discriminate against able-bodied people. <laughs> no, but it was like the fucking remember the first time we went. It was only like for an afternoon on a Wednesday. And the lesson that they like mixed us in was like so boring. I can't even remember. I think it was social studies or something. And I didn't really understand it. And but walking, I can remember walking down the corridor, and it parting like the Red Sea. As we were walking down this corridor, I mean, me and my friend were in a wheelchair, and it just went 
deathly quiet. And I was just like, talk about making you feel awkward. Like, it's just, mm. it was like, yeah. And it was like, like thanks for making room. Like, it's all this massive little corridor. <laughs> but, and it's like, it just went quiet. You think, oh. I think it's that, like you said, Jenny, it's that innocently ignorant because you just don't have contact. Mm. And mm. that's why I, I I appreciate that there is a purpose and a place for uh, sort of specialist schools. But I think that it's... I think it, it's not a good thing, not for, it's terrible. It's probably a terrible thing for the disabled students, but for the able-bodied students, having disabled kids in their classes and in their school is a good thing because it helps them to realise these are just their peers. These are just normal people who also happen mm. to have additional needs. Yeah. Um, it definitely, when I went to mainstream college to study media, it took about, three weeks before anybody would speak to me and do you know how it happened how we broke the ice eventually we were filming outside in in the town center in the middle of a street and my i was going over a cobbled street so the the, the cobbles were like wobbling my chair and my my shoe was loose i didn't realize my shoe was loose <laughs> my shoe fell off and I was like, well, I can't, I can't, get, I can't reach down on my foot to put my shoes on. How am I going to do this? So I went to this friend, like this, who became my friend, went over to this other student and said, I'm really sorry, but um, can, can you put my shoe back on? And he was like, <laughs> he went, what? I said, um, I need you to help me put my shoe back on. And he was like, what do you mean? But I said, well, it's, it's come up, my shoe's come off, and I need, I can't like, walk around town with one shoe on. And he was like, look, I, said, I passed him my shoe, and I was like, well, can you put it back on? He was like, uh, and I went, is there a shoe shop we could, um, I said, just put the shoe on. Oh, my God. Put the shoe on my foot. Anyway, he put the shoe on my foot, and he got You don't need a professional to put your shoe on for you. He didn't know what to do, did he? It was like, well, you, I was like, yeah. okay. So I showed him how to put the shoe on, talked him through it, step by step. And he went, he got down on one knee and he was putting my shoe back on my foot. This woman walked past and was like gawping, because of course she was gawping. He was putting my shoe back on in the middle of the street. And he just looked out and he went, straight theatre love when it was Cinderella like this. <laughs> <laughs> and we went back to college and he went, he said to his other mate, I like knew that there was like this awkwardness. And he went, uh, yeah, it's all right. She's all right. She's not going to cry about her disability. And after that, everybody then started to warm up a little bit to me. But it took me to lose my shoe in the middle of the town centre and him put it back on for me for people to go, yeah, she's not so bad after all. It's just, it's, it's amazing, isn't it, how the nth we have to go to to go, I am normal. It's fine. It's like, I'm yeah i'm not gonna bite it is interesting though you telling that story because what i get from that story is obviously there's a vulnerability in that able-bodied students experience there as well you know they were nervous about doing something wrong they were nervous about approaching the subject nervous about talking my feet you know getting into your yeah exactly getting into your personal space and stuff and so i suppose again it's that's what's great about your kind of approach jenny is that you 
you give people the space to have that vulnerability and be open about their kind of their curiosity mm-hmm. without challenging them or mm-hmm. without making people because I do think people feel bad for being curious. Mm. Yeah, definitely. There's there's definitely different levels of curiosity. Um and some people just like genuinely want to know how I like how I transfer and get into bed or you know how I manage to do the cooking or how I manage to put my shoes on or whatever it may be. Just like general questions where they just think, "Oh yeah, how do you do that?" And and I think there is there isn't really a space for people to ask these questions so you know why not make a space and why not make a safe environment where people do feel comfortable to be able to say oh you know i, I can ask jenny how she have you it. come across any dis- any like newly disabled people who have sort of come across your account and gone actually you've really helped me and and that kind of thing yet or yeah, yeah, quite a lot. Like, I'll I'll get people like asking for recommendations of like products and things, whether it be wheelchairs or like certain adaptations. But then some people are just like, it's really nice to see a young girl. It's normally like girls, yeah. like in in the mid twenties. They'll say, I don't know anyone. I don't know anyone like me who who I've ever seen in real life. I don't know what the hell is going on with my life. This is a huge change, like overnight. I don't know what on earth to do with myself because when you're able-bodied, you're in that mindset of like, oh, I've got all this freedom and I can do everything, and then all of a sudden you have, yeah, already have this preconception of what disability yes. is, yeah. um, and you just think that your life is doomed. Mm. Because I did honestly, I sat, I sat in bed thinking, what the hell am I going to do now? What on earth am I going to do? And it wasn't until I started to undo all of these preconceptions, which I'd always grown up thinking, and um, that I realised that actually I can do whatever I want to want. I can do whatever I want to do. Like I get to decide. So yeah. it was, it, it was, a, it was a strange one. But lot, I do get lots of girls who like say, "Oh, thank you so much. Like you've you've given me a bit of hope to realise that you know, it's not it's not all doom and gloom. I mean there is." lots of doom and gloom but um there is still lots of good things too mm. is there anything that now that you're disabled you look back at your able-bodied life and you go oh that, it's better that's better now i'm not you know now i'm disabled i don't have to do that anymore kind of thing because i know that a lot of people go when they they acquire a disability they're like, i can't do this that and the other anymore but is there anything on the other flip side where you go oh thank god i don't have to do that anymore <laughs> yeah, do you, know, do you know what it is? I always have clean shoes. Lazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always look at my new and people are like, oh, I like your new shoes. And I'm like, yeah, the two year old. Wow. <laughs> I could sell them on as an unworn. <laughs> <laughs> Christy, like, but, keep, just oh, keep the, like, keep the labels on the bottom. Nobody knows. <laughs> they can't yeah. see. But it always, I always think to myself, I wonder if like people who've acquired their disability goes, oh well, actually, it's not so bad because I can, I can now do, you know, all this stuff that I could never do before. So, yeah. I mean, even without an acquired disability, my favourite thing, and it's not so much now, but when you could go out into the world and stuff, people would always bring me my coffee. <laughs> yeah. I never had to carry my coffee to my chip. They'd be like. Oh, take a seat. We'll bring it over. 
every single they didn't I was surprised and there's definitely more than one occasion where the other barista behind the bar would be like oh no don't worry you go you go sit down we'll bring it to you I'm like awesome thank you people do buy me drinks yeah, yeah. in the pub people buy me drinks someone even gave me a tenner before <laughs> I said, what's that for? And I'm like, oh because you're disabled and I was like I once got a bag of Maltesers because I was disabled and yeah. I called me a book from the uh, Salvation Army who she went do you want a colouring book and I went I'm 23 but all right then <laughs> thank you very much well, I'll, I'll tell <laughs> I was gonna say say no to if free it's stuff free, stuff, if it's free I'll have it thank you very much <laughs> No, it's really interesting to sort of sit and talk to somebody who obviously hasn't been disabled all their life and gone, what do you really like about being disabled? Because I don't think that question is asked often enough. In fact, I, I can't remember the last time I heard somebody go, yeah, actually I'm disabled, but it's not that bad because I can do, you know, X, Y, Z. Even though we do have to put up with strangers who ask stupid questions before giving you the tenor. Um, you know, it's not it's not all that bad, is it really? No, no, give it a tenner. That's, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I remember it vividly. It's like, oh, there you go. I was like, what? What? Because you're disabled. I was like, I'm not even going to get into this argument. I'm just taking the tenner off you and I'm going. <laughs> you want to waste your money throwing it at random people sitting no, down? You, should do it. you know what you do, Jenny? Just get like a, like, you know, one of them, like, Charity tins and just put it on the side of your chair and yes. just put like yeah. Jenny's gin fund or something. Yeah. Well, you would. It, we uh, we went to Newcastle before me and all the girls were like well over a year ago now, and and we always joke about that when someone gave me a tenner. So um, I'd got out of my wheelchair and I was I was sat on on like in a booth. So my friend was like, "Can I can I have, can I have a go of your, of your wheelchair?" I was like. Yes, Lauren. <laughs> Name checking, Lauren. <laughs> so she's in this wheelchair, and she's like near the toilets, like whizzing round, and saying to people, "Oh, um, have you got like a quid or anything? Can I, can I have a quid?" And everyone's like, "No, what like, what happens?" I was like, "Oh, fine, I'll, I'll, it happened once. Someone gave me a tenner. Yeah. Now my friend." whizzing around Newcastle in a wheelchair pretending that she's disabled and then she jumps up out of the chair and I obviously get in back into the chair and then people think I'm faking it now because we're all swapping around in the chair and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely <brilliant. sighs> I don't know. Jen, be- before we uh before we finish our little interview it's been really really good to talk to you actually and get to know you a little bit more um is there anything you want to sort of promote? We we give you the the uh, platform to promote and uh, anything that you've got or any any projects you're working on. Um, now's your time to do it if you want to. Other than me and Wheelie Good Life and all red cord campaigns and petrol station campaigns. And Wheelie Good Life is that on like all the social medias? Yeah, Wheelie Good Life on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Fabulous. We'll make sure we put all those links up on our resource page of our website. 
thank you very much for coming on, Jenny. It's been a real, it's been really fun. Yeah, it's been really good fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, my first. Oh, fabulous! So we've uh, we've popped your cherry. <laughs> so thank you so much jenny for your time i know you're extremely uh busy so thank you so much for joining us today oh you're welcome it's been good all right thanks everybody bye bye, bye. thanks for listening to the labeled podcast if you like the show please rate review and subscribe you can follow us on social media at labeled podcast uh, thanks go to our editor adam hall our music composer Maisie crunden and our graphic designer sarah coley we'll, we'll see, see you next time, time.